Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys today we're brought to you by smooth jazz that's right smooth jazz it's like jazz but it's smooth with me as always are some of my very favorite guys from when i was a very little kid mike manning how you doing what are you drinking well, like all the hip caps, I'm uh, drinking water because I miss Stacy. <laughs> I do too. She was a nice one. Tommy, how you but, doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's still alive. We didn't kill Stacy. Alive. We can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody heard from Stacy? Oh, she's alive. Okay. Yes, She's everybody's heard from Stacy. Everybody's heard from several times. If you take a look at my homepage, you'll see Stacy holding up a newspaper from two days ago at Dollywood. She is fine and dandy. Tommy, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay, and I'm drinking some Compass Box Great King Street Artist Blend Scotch. It is delicious. Oh, that sounds delicious. Josh, I know you have a fine beer next year. Smooth and delicious. What do you got there? I have a double cloud candy. It's the double IPA version of a uh, uh, the beer I enjoy from Mighty Squirrel Brewing in Waltham, Massachusetts. Hmm. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think is the best brew town in America? The best brewed town in America? Yeah, what, 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 the best beers are coming out of one city? What would you say it is? One city. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to put a finger on that. I mean, I like, I mean, collectively, maybe Asheville. You know what? Asheville does, they put out some great beers. But I was kind of hoping you'd say Portland, but Portland does put out some great beers. Yeah, they put out a lot of good comic book writers and artists, too. That's right. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Stumptown. I really thought Portland, Portland's kind of a bigger one, isn't it? Portland, Maine? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's hard for him to know unless he's been there. I have oh. been there, but not recently and not for beer. Portland, Maine does a good job, but no, nah, I don't import a lot of beers from Portland, Oregon. Oh. Uh, Portland, Oregon um, is... Um, I might be mistaken because I'm not as much of a beer guy as you are, but it was one of the first places where those small batch beer companies kind of kind of got a toehold. It was kind of known for that for a little while. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about the great graphic novel and the TV show, Stumptown. Uh, I did not know why Stumptown was called Stumptown until Mikey told me about it. Mikey, do you want to give us a little background on Stumptown? Sure. Stumptown is the creation of Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth. Uh, I'll let 
LT, our resident art expert, talk about the art of Matthews Southworth in a minute. Let's talk about Greg Rucka. When he was getting his master's degree, or excuse me, when he was in college and working on his doctoral thesis, he was going to write about American detective novels. Um, and as a, after he graduated from college, he went on and wrote uh, a series of detective novels and then got into comic books. And his first comic book by Oni Press was Whiteout, which is about a female investigator in Antarctica at a research station there trying to solve a murder before time runs out. And it's a very good book. It's black and white, uh, but a good murder mystery, strong female protagonist. And that kind of carries on into Rucka's work throughout uh, the, let's say, the detective genre. He, along with Ed Brubaker, was one of the writers for the amazing series Gotham Central, uh, which he featured Renee Montoya, who he eventually made into the question. And he was. I, I love. Let me just say, I love, love, love Gotham Central. They, they did Harvey Bullock such a solid in that one. He made such a good character for me in that one. I just wanted to jump in and say I love that. Yeah, he also was a writer on Detective Comics, and helped redefine Kathy Kane as the Batwoman that you know from the modern era, as opposed to the old Batwoman. So he has been involved in a lot of detective comics, and this is one of them. It is his own personal one. He owns it with Matthew Southworth, and they've got at least four volumes. The first volume, which is the one we're going to be talking about, was four issues. It was called The Case of the Girl Who Took Her Shampoo But Left Her Mini, uh, which is a really good series. The second one actually is my favorite, and I believe, LT, what's the name of that one? Uh, the Case of the Baby in the Velvet Case. That's it. Uh, which is all about a stolen guitar. Uh, but all, all Jerry. Uh, the third series uh, is actually the ongoing series, so then they started breaking it down into graphic novels after that. But we're going to merely talk about the first series because that first series plays a lot into the TV show. Quick question. How come Fort Fairlane wasn't called in up for the second one? I don't... It's a rock and roll case. He's the rock and roll detective. (laughs) That is a fair question, but I think Dex does an admirable job uh, uh, of solving the case. They wanted to keep it more low-key. Gotcha. Greg Rucka does a great job uh, in in all of his mysteries of being able to plant the clues, but not enough so that the reader can figure out what's going on. And some of the ways he does this is by not telling the story in a chronological order. For example, in the first graphic novel, it starts with the attempted murder of Dex, where she gets shot uh, on the riverbank um, and then kind of backtracks. So you're not really sure uh, what's going on. And he also shifts the point of view. from So that way you could see stuff that the detective's not seeing. But really it's uh, helping 
lay down the groundwork. He does a great job of making Dex a well-rounded, likable character with a shit ton of flaws. Uh, we always talk about, in, when we're talking about writing that save the cat moment, where you got to figure out, how am I going to make this character who has all these flaws likable? And Rucka does a great job of that. Even in the beginning, Dex is a gambler. By the way, we're spoiling the shit out of it. We've already warned you guys in previous episodes. This is the book club. We're going to discuss this book. Uh, Dex is a degenerate gambler. She's not a good gambler either. And she gets called into the casino owner's office, and you find out that she is in the hole to a tune of over $17,000. But she's charming as all hell, even when dealing with the fact that she's in over her head. She is given two choices, pay the money she doesn't have, or go and find the casino owner's granddaughter. But Dex, like all great detectives, notices small, innocuous things. When she goes to the house to figure out, okay, what's going on, she realizes the person didn't take their car. She does realize they took their own shampoo. (laughs) So (laughs) it looks like it's a staged break-in, but she's smart enough to realize... Well, maybe not. If she was going to be fleeing somewhere, she would have taken her car. So the the mystery ensues. Uh, what did you guys think of Stumptown? I love Stumptown. And, you know, sometimes you get a comic and just the main character or maybe the main character and one of the other characters is fleshed out. But in Stumptown, you get insight into just about all of the characters. You know, even the main, like, the main mob boss sort of character who runs the local gang, you get insight into him. I mean, when you first meet Hector Marenko, one of the things that he says is, he said, I love the ocean, no matter the season, in winter with its turbulence and fury, in summer with its frozen and chill. It is brutal in its honesty, powerful, limitless, and unforgiving. It is never to be ignored. I mean, Greg Rucka puts so much effort into every single character so that you get an idea of what every character is about. I really think you could have put a little bit more emphasis on Dill and the Whale. Uh, two low-level henchmen that I kind of fell in love with for no fucking reason, but I kind of wanted them to have a, a redemption arc, and they didn't. And I'm like, come on, man, everyone else is doing better by the end of this thing. Deal with the whale, oh. come on, like, have a couple oh, Jesus, Hector Marenko's kid isn't doing better by the end of this. <laughs> I know he's not, but he was the pro, he was the bad guy. Deal with the whale, which is hired a henchman. There were goons for hire, they can... They can come back around. They man. did better. They, they tried to better. kill Dex. They were forced to get new jobs. <laughs> they tried. They warned Dex, and shooting someone's a great warning. Like nothing says stop messing around like shooting him once. And you shoot a man in the leg. You never, never forget. Never forget. Well, they, Dex would have been in a lot of trouble if they weren't a good shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> However, uh, this is one of the things that I think Josh likes, uh, and I'm going to just guess, that every character's voice is different. Um, and it doesn't sound like they're all English professors. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Not, no English professor is to be found no, unless you happen to yeah. run into an English professor. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 do find, I do find myself fixating on that a lot in books and comics these days. Um, and, there, yeah, there are definitely different voices, which is nice. Uh, the uh, the second part of the comic book, uh, which is you know the, the next part of that story, it, it's not the next part of the story. It's kind of a short story where she's re- just repossessing a car. I love that too because it just shows Dex her main weapon in that one was being a dick. She just follows this guy's around and harangues him until he lets her repossess the car, pretty much. Like, he follows him on a Tinder date and tells the girl that, oh, hey, just so you know, he is riddled with herpes. Make sure you get checked. Have a very serious conversation. Sorry to bother you at dinner. <laughs> you know, just follows him around everywhere he goes. He's at a job interview, uh, and he's doing a PowerPoint presentation, and you see a picture of his schlong come up as one of the slides. She is just going to not stop messing with this guy. Until she, he gives back the car to the car dealership where her car is being repaired because she can't pay for the repair bill. And Mike, I think you sold this to me when you first pitched this comic book as something I would like as the Rockford Files uh, with a female uh, lead and just as good. And I, I can't find a flaw in your analogy. She is so much like Jim Rockford so often. Like, she hardly ever has to pull a gun or throw a punch. She's trying to talk her way out of most of these things. Or and, most of these things. And her mouth gets her in a lot of trouble, too, just like yeah. Jim Rockford. <laughs> I'll say this. The TV show is a lot of quicker pace. I try to rewatch some Rockford Fire. Those things are kind of slow. I can condense those things down into 10 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it's not as bad as trying to rewatch Columbo. No. I love uh, a, there is a short version of the Columbo show it's called 10 Minute Columbo which is perfect and I love watching those I mean <sighs> I mean maybe 8 Minute Columbo but 10 okay. minutes good <laughs> 10 minutes maybe good. 8 maybe 7 one more thing I can't help but notice that the cigarette had lipstick on it and you sir are a man <laughs> yeah so, uh Columbo doesn't hold up. Rockford Files doesn't. I'll fight you on that. <laughs> Barney Miller holds up. I'll fight you on that. Anyways, getting back to the thing. Anyway. You did sell it to me as the Rockford Files, and it's too true. It's terrific. Um, she doesn't need a gun all the time. And in the real world, uh, some of us have uh, a little bit of experience in the military and the police. Uh, it's not all, you know, run around and shoot at people. It's a lot more of, like, talking to people. And they get that part, I think, really well. What do you think, Josh? Uh, so I didn't read a lot of the books. Uh, I did, I, I did, and I had hadn't seen the series until we brought this up. Like, I don't know why I didn't watch it, and now that I have, I'm like, dear God, make sure this gets picked up again, right? I, I did the three episodes, and I'm like, damn it, Kobe Smulders, you got me again. Yeah. Ugh. 
My my wife, who hates comic books, loved this series. Yeah, she couldn't get uh, enough of it. I think the weird thing is that a lot of the streaming services, and I don't know if this changes because I don't think it does, list this as science fiction. What? Yeah. What? I don't know why a lot of the a lot of the streaming services have this tagged as science fiction. I'm like, am I missing something? Does something happen later on? Is this a series that changes? Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but it's, yeah, I was it's like, because it's based off a comic book, and they don't yeah, understand that don't crime novel, crime comic books go back to the origin of comic books. I mean, there's a, a teeny sliver of Indian mysticism in the show, but it's it's more like Catholic mysticism. Like, you just see it. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. Weird. Yeah. Um, but no, I love the show. Uh, the show is... I mean, if you guys... If any, if any of our listeners are, like, castle fans or uh, any of those, like, really, like, nice comedic sort of investigation shows... It hits it hits the mark on a lot of things, and I get the pandemic sort of shut down season two or season three. I'm not sure which it was. Season two. Um, and it seems like the studio is still shopping around to, to pick, have somebody pick it up, uh, and I hope they do. Uh, it's a good cast. It's well written. That cast was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of they do they do the right things in a show like they spend the money where it should be spent like I, you know they spend the money on writing right they you know it's 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 close to the vest and a lot of other things and it's just it's a good show it's a good it's a good serial detective show and i will say this uh, one of the great things about the tv show and the comic book is you don't have to start from the beginning and watch. You could start on any episode, and that could be your first episode, and you'll be fine. You'll you'll get yeah. exactly what's going on. You'll understand the dynamic. It's the same with the comic books. You don't have to start on Volume 1. I'd recommend you start on Volume 1, but you don't have to. You can pick up Volume 2, Volume 3, Volume 4, whatever you want. And just start reading it, and you're going to enjoy this series. And it's also great if you got a a family member who likes detective shows, but doesn't like comic because they're not into superheroes. This is a great opportunity, a great book to just hand them and be like, "Hey, here you go." Like Tom, your wife, she's not going to read a comic book, but she loved Stumptown. I bet you if she read the comic book now, she might be like, oh, but maybe not. (laughs) She doesn't like uh, reading art. She's a voracious reader. She reads like four books. She's in like four book clubs. She has a PhD. She reads. Uh, She doesn't like art. She She doesn't like gooey. So that probably, like, if everything could just be numbers on a computer screen, she'd be a much happier person. That tells me she's probably never going to like comic books. Hmm. Alrighty. Sure. Yeah. So I do actually. I, I it makes me want to delve further into the comics, but I haven't put enough time and in, uh, time into. But uh, I mean, first four volumes if, if, are available on Comicsology for free if you've got unlimited. 
And if you're if you're out there and you're wondering where you can watch the show, uh, fortunately, I had to pay for episodes on Prime, unless somebody knows a uh, a place to see them for free. I saw um, on Hulu when they first came out, but I don't know if they moved. They are not. Uh, I paid twenty bucks for the first season, but it was completely worth it. Yep. Uh, and by the way, Mike, you're not far off. I did try to. I like. I showed her on the iPad because she doesn't like trying to follow the, the the panel. So I showed her how she can just do it on the iPad and just swipe. And she looked at it and she smiled at me. And I knew that meant Tom, you were just bothering me. Please leave me the fuck alone. Uh, so I did what. Uh, any normal husband would do. <laughs> you forced her to do it. No, I did not. No, if Tommy's, Tom's going to play that card, it's going to be definitely something other than stuff. Definitely. I got enough things on the other wish list that I got to keep. Sure. <laughs> I got to keep all my cards for. <laughs> Any last words on Stumptown? Uh, Colby's Brothers, by the way, puts in a great, great performance. And uh, one other thing um, about. Uh, violence in women. It's always kind of been kids in Hollywood to show a woman getting beat up too badly on screen. Um, professional wrestling always had a ban on men hitting women. Uh, that's why we have mixed rat tag team wrestling matches the women tag out and the men tag in, blah, blah, blah. And we don't like seeing children get beat up too much and we don't like seeing women get beat up too much. We, we don't. Uh, Cobra well, Kai... Women. Kids. Yeah. Kids. Uh, Cobra Kai took a lot of crap for uh, some of the kids getting beat up too badly in the, one of the last fight scenes. Um, I think this kind of, you know, I think her character is strong enough and smart enough uh, to take a punch, and we felt catharsis, but we didn't feel like we had to white knight it or jump in there. She could take care of herself. I think it's a little different of a female character, not just such a badass that she never has to take a punch. She, she takes a beating. She takes multiple beatings. She is a punching bag for a lot of the TV show and a lot of the graphic novel. Her one weakness is gun butts in the back of the head. God damn it, she is yeah, totally she, vulnerable. Yeah, she's got she to go to the concussion like, protocol like yeah. six times an episode. Nobody ever checks her out. It's really uh, it's, it's just really a cautionary tale on the U.S. medical system or hospital system that really she's never in the protocol the entire time. Yeah, when they do her autopsy, they're going to think she played football. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this about the TV show. It's also a very good depiction of PTSD and the panic attacks that yeah. our veterans uh, suffer from. So they do a good job with that. And a lot of them, in order to deal with their PTSD, just like Dex, they, they fall into the bottle in order to cope. Um, so they do a good job without uh, without making the central focus of the show, uh, but showing that that is uh, the trauma that uh, Dex is still dealing with. LT, I'm more interested in the artwork. What uh, your perspective on that was? I mean, the artwork is great. I mean, it's it's very gritty. Uh, yet it has a lot of detail in it. Um, you know, I enjoyed the artwork. It's not, it's not something that I would probably rush out and buy, but it is stuff that, that I found was enjoyable and fits perfectly with the story. So, you know, last week we were kind of talking about Jeff Lemire and how Jeff Lemire's an artist. You don't get that feeling with this. With this, it really 
melts with the story. It really is perfect for the storyline. Um, you know, it gives you a really good perspective for the storyline. It has a lot of Portland in it that looks accurate from the one time that I was in Portland and from the Portlandia that I've watched. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, it's it's funny you should mention that because I've seen comments online with people from Portland who are like, yeah, I know where this is. This is definitely this dude's from Portland. I In the uh, Shadow Man Valiant series that they, uh, when they came back, they had it set in New Orleans, and I was looking at it going, I know exactly where that is. This artist is from New Orleans. I would like to take a moment for everyone, our listeners particularly, to understand that Tom has fled the scene. If you're watching this on YouTube, his chair is empty. So if you don't hear any comments from Tom, it's because he's actually not here. And so you can see us on YouTube if you want, and you can listen to us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. But I just want to let people know that there's a added dimension to Tom's missing voice right now. Other than the enjoyable silence. Right. That, I mean, that, that's, that goes without saying or seeing. It's always yeah, nice when we can go through a podcast without Tom taking a Stephen, Steve, Cleveland steamer on LT's chest. So Absolutely. And if you're it's watching true. us, this is exactly how I picture me and Kobe Smolder's relationship. I am the tiny spoon to her big spoon, and I'm just here just, just enjoying that. And if you want to see what we look like, you can go to YouTube and search for the Longbox guys. We're there. And if yeah. you want to listen to the podcast where we have music and other shit, you can go to wherever you get your podcast because we're available just about everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Everywhere you want to be. So, I mean, another thing that's great with the art is that in spaces where he needs to, the close-ups are great and have a lot of detail, whereas in other spaces where it's really not needed, there isn't a lot of detail, and it gives it gives you kind of an impression that allows you to kind of fill in the spaces. Um, and also, you know, he does a really great job with the cars, which is something I like. <laughs> oh, my God, you must have hated or loved the second volume of Stumptown. We're gonna, I know we weren't supposed to talk about that, but that car chase... Right out of the fucking Rockford Files. Yeah, yeah, it's totally out of the Rockford Files. Totally. We, we should really break more axles. Yeah, that's that's the great part. Like you, you joints, you joints should be littering the streets. Tommy, back me up on that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they actually depicted it correctly. Made the jump. <laughs> Did not survive the jump. I mean, they they destroyed the car, and it was a it was a classic Mustang. But yeah. Any final thoughts on Stumptown, guys? Uh, I'm sorry, I was I had to step out for a second. Did we talk about the tape player being a character in the TV show? No, uh, we didn't. No. But uh, I really enjoyed that aspect. I liked the the idea that like every time she goes over the bump, the mixtape hits exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, so it's really nice, actually. It's a it's a nice, uh, like, arc, not archaic, but it, I mean, it's slightly archaic. I mean, it's getting it's to the li- point where it is archaic, I guess. A I don't little bit like a, a little bit like a Greek chorus chiming in. 
It is. It's it's a little coral a little at the back at, at the back of the scene, and it is kind of like the car, or the the, the at least the uh, replaced uh, sound system is uh, is part of the series. It's and it's just it's nice that and and it's one of the the odd thing is everyone acknowledges it. Everyone as soon as somebody's in the car and the music starts or changes, every passenger so far in the series has acknowledged the music. And so to give you an example, so let's say Dex is having a a really shitty day uh, and uh, she gets in the car, turns it on, she hits a little bit of a bump and like the goats, uh, I wish uh, the the goats and no children might start playing uh, or some really sad, sad song. Or if uh, she's in the middle of a car chase, uh, like I'm walking on sunshine might come up. Or, or something just slightly prophetic of the next thing that's going to happen comes up. Um, it's not exactly science fiction. It's not exactly mysticism. It is a, an interesting little nod to the fact that uh, maybe the car's haunted. It's probably not haunted. It's probably a shitty, shitty sound system. <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, and that wasn't... That wasn't in the first book, but it did come in later in the in the following comic books. Yeah. And we had a little more money. <laughs> and it explains where the money they spent went in Stumptown. <laughs> it went to paying for the, all the music, music. sampling. I'm There's sorry, it's music in there. there is. There is some good there music. Really yeah. Is. yeah. I get I would listen to that that on Stitcher or uh, yeah, if or Spotify. If they had a Stumptown playlist, I'm sure they did. Josh, yeah, make I don't, it happen. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to Spotify, but I'll get I, do, on I do Pandora. Uh, me and Abby share a Spotify, but I never listen to it now because uh, I bought it so Abby could have it, and uh, I go on it, and there's nobody I know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know what this is. I will make an Amazon Music list, and I'll share it. Um, Thank you. Uh, Spotify, I have been listening to the Peacemaker soundtrack. <laughs> I was so happy when I found out the Choir Boys was a real thing. I put it on our um, our Twitter feed. The Choir Boys were like the UK's version of Rat. And uh, all those songs, all those videos, they fucking exist in real time. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. kind of remember the Choir Boys. I yeah. remember Do you, them. Really re- you guys really remember the Choir Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I made it up for the show. Oh, no. Andy, if you're listening, Andy dragged me to every big hair band in the late 80s, early 90s. Jesus Christ. I saw people. There's I no never... way the choir boys. Uh, you know oh, no, I didn't see the, no, I did not <laughs> see the choir boys live. But I remember I remember them being like in the mix when we were going to see those bands. Yeah. Were you almost supposed to go to that uh, uh, White Shark show? That burned like down? Snake? Not uh, white no. snake. No. Uh, Great one, white? One our, no, you're talking about the club in Providence that had the yeah. fire. People died. No. I yeah, one of our friends was supposed to go to that. It might have been Bill Darnley. Yeah, that no, that was very that was very recent. I mean, not very recent in in our lives. I mean, like, that wasn't very recent. I mean, in the grand retrospect of me talking about rat and poison. That was about halfway, John. It was like <laughs> five or six years ago, right? No, no, I'm talking about the no, one that the, the it's like earlier 10 or 15 one. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Now that happened in the 90s. With yeah, the fireworks that went off. Yeah, I'm talking about the real one. Like, oh, why, I mean, another no. one burned down in between there. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, 
the local club that burned down now. Okay. Uh, yeah, they had the doors know. locked so yeah. nobody could sneak in, but the padlock, you know, they had chains around it, and so a bunch of, a bunch of people yeah, burned nah, to death. Yeah, get out. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of places to have to put sp- sprinkler systems in because they didn't have any fire suppression. Side note, one of my other piccadillies about movies, shows, TV, pretty much everything is how sprinkler systems work. Like when one sprinkler goes off, they all go off. Why? That's not a thing. I don't know if you guys know. I thought you were talking about how there's always a parking spot in the front of the club. Oh. Nah, that puts I... me more than anything else in the world, man. It's like, but... there's no fucking way there's a parking spot there. In San Francisco. Sprinkler systems that actually throw water are dependent on mercury and glass, and the mercury has to heat up and it shatters the glass. So when one goes off, they don't all go off. Just that one goes off. So when you hold the lighter up, it's really just you get wet. The rest of the building just sits there. I'm just saying. But that's a tangent. That is a tangent. I'll just go with that. Uh, other Piccadillys, what are, what are things in movies, TV, what, where they just get things so wrong from your perspective that you're like, ugh, god damn it. I mean, I we all said, know mine. Yeah, I already I, said mine too. Parking spots where there should be no parking spot. But let me say one other thing that really bugs me. Supermodels at convenience stores. If you walk into a convenience store and there's a supermodel there, you're in a movie... Oh, wait. Treated as such. Oh, no. I have stories about supermodels and convenience stores. But anyway, go on. Like, yeah, my, oh, yeah. my last three dog walkers have been supermodels, and I've been sure there's a movie crew following them around. Like, they come to pick up my dog, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> there's no way a, a 12 is walking my dog for 20 bucks. Then Mike, my, what do you got? I got nothing. I can't think what? of anything else. Oh, go to LP. There's always a down. God damn it, Mike. We live in a world of procedurals, and I know they drive you fucking nuts at some point. Uh, all right. The, the man on the computer who can instantly get records. Like, <laughs> uh, it's always driving me crazy. Like, no, you need a subpoena for that. That's going to take, even if it's an emergency, and you got to get, you got to get on the phone with someone because you can't just pull it up on the computer. Uh, NCIS used to drive me crazy. Uh, whenever I would watch, I'd be like, wait, they're, they're, they're hacking into where to get the information? That. Everything from this point on is fruit of the poisonous tree. None of this is admissible in court now. You've ruined the entire case. Plus, you're going to jail. Yeah, Gibbs breaks, does a lot of B and E on that a show. Lot. A, lot of a lot, a lot of B and E. How much? Wait, a lot. It's a lot. I don't want to say how much, but it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. You might think I said a lot of B and E, but I actually meant all the B and E. All the B and E. What, what was your LT? You started uh, saying something. Uh, so, in the weightlessness of space, there's always a down. That's fair. I mean, that's camera angle bullshit. I get it. I get it, though. I get it. Everybody always wants to be oriented in some direction. 
and people are just way too concerned about it. I understand that, yeah. But shit always falls down, too. <laughs> also, sound in space kind of pisses me off. Yeah. I get the sound in space thing, and some shows do it such that when they show you the perspective from outside of ships, there's no sound. But inside, like, shit's breaking in the ship, and that's the sound you're hearing. I don't know. I mean, Star Wars does a lot of that. I mean, a epic fucking metric bullshit ton of it. But, I mean, we also don't know how particles interact with shields, which interact with ships, so I give them some sort of sci-fi fantasy spatial awareness thing, where if there's an explosion in space and particles hit the shields, maybe that translates to some kind of noise through the hull. I don't know. Plus, the fucking noise of TIE fighters flying by is so cool. Fucking who cares? <laughs> Just a guy blown into a straw, man. Yeah, the coolest straw in the fucking galaxy. <laughs> by the way, do you know how hard you have to hit someone to knock them out cold? Oh, it's, oh, it's hard. Oh, oh it's so hard. hard. Unless, you're, unless you're cold cocking them in the back and then you're giving them brain damage. Like, Not a great movie, but uh, Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson, where the guy's like, <coughs> and he like pretends to get knocked out, and he's like, are you just pretending? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just pretending. They always try to knock people out of the movie, and it never works. And I really kind of like that about the movie. It's a shitty movie, but all throughout the movie, Gibson's like, Bug! and the guy's like, <coughs> and he's like, are you pretending to be knocked out? And the guy's like, because he's like, if you're not, I'm going to hit you again. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just pretending. So nobody actually ever gets knocked out through the movie, which is nice. But yeah, actually knocking someone unconscious is really fucking hard. Yeah, if you didn't get knocked out during that Mexican wrestling match yeah. in San Francisco where they were trying to decapitate you... I have been you hit know. pretty fucking hard in the fucking head from falls, impacts, punches, and I have never been knocked unconscious. And, and, and a quick thing as a martial artist, let me say this, a knockout occurs... When your head taps forward, then back, or at least your brain pan uh, sloshes, because uh, a knockout really is your neck moving in such a way that your brain can't quite catch up, and they say, "No, it's time to stop." I mean, I've so, been jelly legged. I've been I've been glass yeah. where I felt like my legs gave out and I dropped to the floor, but I was still con- I've I was still conscious. Yeah, we can see it during that match a couple times. <laughs> they were just hitting you as hard as they could, and you were knocked down. Yeah, I've been knocked silly, but now I've never, yeah, I've never been hit in the head hard enough where I was like actually knocked out. Uh, I've been knocked out once, uh, and it was uh, during military training. It was a fall that knocked me out, and, and that was enough to make my brain go, my head go forward and back real quick. So I hit a log on the way down. <laughs> And when you shoot someone, a lot they of times move. they scream in pain and are still alive. They don't die instantly when getting shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get, yeah. People getting shot. I mean, just particle. Yeah, particle physics and people getting shot with they're like thrown back or yeah. I mean, yeah. The amount of inertia from a bullet is near zero as it passes through you. Right. People don't move when a bullet passes through them. But that looks cool. Uh, it does look cool. Uh, but no, I mean, for me, like, I get that that, that adds to the dramatic motions of stuff. And 
Uh, and I'm also glad, uh, just in this day and age, that a lot of people have decided to stop using blanks um, and, uh, and live, the possibility of live-fire guns on sets. Have we seen, even, even though it has been, I mean, so few and far between. I mean, if you think of all of the blanks fired, right, in hundreds of thousands of movies between, let's say, Brandon Lee and what happened uh, recently on the set of that Western movie with, um, what's his name? Rust with Alec Baldwin. Rust with Alec Baldwin. If you, it, I mean, which is horrible. horrible. But if you think of everything that happened between that, right, probably a million rounds were fired without an incident, right? Um, it, and, and But it's just unnecessary at this point, right? With, with We can definitely see, J.I., The Rock and a dozen other actors have signed a pledge saying they yep. won't use fake weapons, which is great. Which is great. Uh, so, uh, good for them. And I really do, I mean, a lot of people who came around and banged on Alec Baldwin for that shit, are, you people are wrong, I'm sorry. But, yeah, uh, that was you know, no one's fault. It was terrible. Well, okay. it was fault. It was someone's fault, but it wasn't. It was probably the problem. It wasn't his fault, but he didn't. He didn't do himself any favors by saying he did not pull the trigger. Yeah, that is bullshit. Of course, I, I handed you a loaded gun, but I didn't pull the trigger. Well, that was you. Yeah. That was your choice. Yeah. But, when the director said go, you should have said no, thank you. So for me, it's the weight of gold, right? Oh yeah, the weight of gold. I, I hate the weight of gold. So bad. it drives me insane. The weight of cash. Oh, the weight of cash, yeah. yeah. Even, just, <laughs> even just dollar bills. You see a guy yeah. taking a million dollars in a duffel bag? That shit's fucking heavy. Heavy. I heavy. speak yeah. from experience. <laughs> even if it's all hundreds and fifties, fucking heavy. I yeah. was watching the movie uh, Three Kings. Did you guys see Three Kings? Yeah, yes. that's one of my big ones, yeah. That's, uh, like, I was like, this must be driving Josh crazy, because the guy puts, like, nine bars in a duffel bag, and he picks up the duffel bag and starts running, and I'm like, hold on. That duffel bag is going to just rip Perfect. asunder. Uh, nah. No, no way. Also, you can't lift it. Third, no. <laughs> That's my yeah. three points. Duffel bag rip. You can't lift okay, it. Okay, so a no. million dollars in $100 bills is 22 pounds. Yeah. Uh, not bad. No. So, but, but not $10 lying. million. Dollars. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. carrying that duffel bag. Yeah, or if it's that's only if it's all in hundreds. I, right, if it's all in hundreds, and then we double our way out of there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, even mixed fifties, right? So that brings us up to 40, 40 pounds. Then none of that shit's light. But yeah. I mean, gold is ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty four yeah, inches. Bar, the two two, lift. If you look at one solid piece of gold that is two feet long. 12 feet wide and 8 inches thick, about the size of a business-sized briefcase. That is 2,000 pounds. That is one ton of gold, right? So when people throw bars into a backpack, I'm like, yeah. This has been Shit We Hate About Movies (laughs) with the long box, guys. Uh, Yeah. Cut some of this out, Mike. No, that's all gold. Boom. Boom. (laughs) Boom. It's not. LT, what do you got at the back of the log box? I have Star Wars Age of Resistance from 2019. This is a a group of stories. There's about a dozen of them. They are different one-shot stories about different characters 
in the last three films. Uh, so there's one about Finn, there's one about Ray, there's one about Stoke, there's one about Captain Phasma, uh, different stories, and what about Hux? Different little backstories about each of those characters in those in the last three Star Wars films. I'm sorry, what about so. Hux? Sounds like a great sitcom, and I think Star Wars will <laughs> pursue that. I would watch <laughs> Three camera. Watch, yeah. I would not watch yeah. What About yeah. Jar Jar, but I would watch What About Hawks. What about Hawks? Yeah. <laughs> I love that actor, too. I'm all in. Oh, what about Hicks? Hicks and Hawks? You'd have to wake Hicks up. Yeah. Wake <laughs> Hicks up. He's got to find out what's going on. I would watch that. I would watch the shit out of Hux Hawks got a spinoff? <laughs> He's an and animal, man. You can't have a spin off. I like him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And if you are in for romantic comedy, go watch About Time. It's delightful. With Hawk Center. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box Comics Talk for Comics Fans. Mikey, what do you have the front of the Long Box? At the front of the long box, I have a reckless book by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's called Friend of the Devil. I have been telling you guys, Ed Brubaker is the man when it comes to crime comics. And he does not disappoint in the latest of the Reckless series. Reckless is about a FBI undercover agent who went a little too far and just got out of the game. And now people refer him problems to him that no one else can or will solve. It is a a great throwback uh, to uh, the 80s crime cop shows. Uh, In this one, it is all about pornography and the seedy underbelly of Los Angeles. Uh, in the 1980s, uh, I can't speak highly of uh, this book. It's like you're reading a pulp novel. Um, I can't speak more highly. Sorry. Thank you. I was about to say, wait, are you endorsing this? Yes. <laughs> I, I go can't ahead and about this. everybody go ahead and drink because I am highly recommending. All of the Reckless series, but uh, particularly Friend of the Devil. Uh, I'm going to uh, give you my copy, Tom. You will love it. All right. I got a quick 3 to 18. Are you ready? This is a weird one. I know Josh will answer this one. The Ed Gruberman sketch. Because every time I hear Brubaker, I think Ed Gruberman kicked in the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Add three. Oh. Oh. That's an 18. That's an 18 for me, too. Yeah, that's, it's an 18 throwback, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, an 18 throwback, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tommy? Delightful. Yeah. Delightful. It's up there. Probably, probably, a, probably an 18. I can't remember who did it. I don't know. It's yeah, something it's from Dr. Demento. I don't know yeah, who. Yeah, it was back in the day of no internet. Yeah, uh, and you can easily find this on YouTube. It's Ed Gruberman, kick to the head, and uh, boot to the head. Comedy skit where this guy's boot to the head, boot to the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a great comedy skit 
way, way throwback. And every time I hear uh, Brubaker, I think Ed Brubelman. Ed you Brubelman. missed. Put that. You missed Ed Brubelman. Boots that, boots that, boots that. Uh, go look up boots that. Yeah. Gotta be out there. The Frantics. The Frantics at boots that. What year was it? It was called Boots of the Head Taekwon Leap. Taekwon Leap, that's right, yeah. What year? Uh, Taekwon Leap is a sketch comedy recording by Canadian comedy troupe The Frantics. It appeared on their 1987 album, Boot to the Head. In the skit, the Eastern martial artist starts off his class by explaining the basic philosophy of the martial art called Taekwon Leap. That's okay, Josh. These are uh, always always price the right rules, so we're both wrong. (laughs) What? I was supposed to say about going over. I I didn't go over. Fuck you. I was right. Wait, it's 87. You said 90. No, it was 97, right? No, 87. Oh, 87. Ah. Yeah, 87. That's why I said we're both wrong. Don't worry about it. Oh, you're right. We're both yeah. wrong. I retract my earlier statement. But I was close. If you'd like <laughs> to see us play yeah. nonsense games like that, you can <laughs> uh, go over to the Geek Leak, where every week we play a crazy game like that. Uh, if you're wondering, where can I find this Geek Leak? Over at patreon.com slash the longbox guys for a mere one dollar a month you get access to the Geek League, which we are actually better at producing than our actual podcast. Uh, and that's because all the money that we make for it goes to the Elizabeth Peabody Food Bank to help feed those who are down on their luck and uh, could use a hand up. That's right. And they do great work over there, so thank you very much. We've donated uh like four or five thousand dollars at this point. Uh, we had like a big push at the very first time we did it, and uh, we've been uh, popping in like a hundred bucks every couple of every uh, couple of years, and uh, we're we're doing great over there. Yeah. Well, no, every time years. every time Josh tells us he's sent it off, I, I do a matching. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a hundred or hundred twenty-five, and I send it off yeah. probably every other month, and then yeah, yeah. some of us match so. We're probably doing. I think the. I mean, the first time we doing it, yeah, it's it's money. It's, it's yeah, going to good it's cause. Money, money. It's going to good we do everything catch. we can. We match it. We're good people. Listen to us and uh, and get in there. Get in there. Get, get in, in there. there. Get in yeah. there. Yeah. Stop and doing well and start doing good. Right. I can't fucking wait to go to Pentagon and wear my. Good. I track suit. I want my track suit. My tracksuit hasn't come yet. It's supposed to come this week, though. I'm good. We're good. Oh, Who's bringing a baseball bat? Yeah. Oh, I love Mike. Your hat's sweet, bro. Original bro, bro. Original bro, bro. bro. Apparently, there's some wrestler named Riddle. I don't know, but I don't oh, care. Riddle, yeah, sure. Matt Riddle, he's terrific, bro. Bro, I don't actor, care. Bro? Oh, bro. And he's, he's, bro. he's called the original bro. He's like, bro. Not anymore, bro. <laughs> I'm the original bro. I got the hat, bro. Right. Yeah. Uh, right now, guy, he's, bro. Uh, he's teaming up with Randy Orton, and they're called Bro KO instead of yeah. RKO. No, bro. No, bro. You should go on your own, bro. Yeah. You fucking, you don't match, bro. You're not in, bro. It's true, bro. Uh, he, he's one of the new wrestlers who wrestle barefoot. Very few do. Yeah. Mikey, who's the most famous wrestler who wrestles barefoot? 
Because Brooke and Kevin Von suck, Eric? Bro. I would say Kevin Von Eric or Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Snuka? Yeah, yeah well, I'm going to give the guy who didn't murder Bruce someone. Bro. Yeah, you have a guy who didn't murder someone. That's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, well, the, the reason uh, Riddle does it is he's actually a classically trained MMA fighter. He actually has a fairly good record in the MMA. Toes aren't broken, bro. Yeah, true. it's true. Yeah. You're 100% he'll, true. He'll get three toes it broken, bro, and fucking yeah. match, bro, and then he'd be like, you know what? Boots. Uh, <laughs> you know what I found funny? Uh, Randy Orton broke his hand uh, recently in a match. That's not really that funny, except he did it because part of his bit is he pounds on the mat with both of his fists angrily, and he finally just shattered a couple knuckle bones. <laughs> like, man, take that out of your arsenal. I know you're angry, but go like this. Urgh, don't keep punching down. Instead of the mat, why don't you go to the the ring post, right? The turnbuckle, the, the turnbuckle yeah. where it's padded. Yeah, yeah. He's just hitting that mat. That mat's padded, but nah, we, as Mike and Josh and I know, and, and LT. Or just guy. don't actually punch the fucking ring because it's wrestling and it don't yeah. matter. It don't, it don't matter. It don't matter, bro. Hmm. So we're just talking about Pet Sky. We're all really looking forward to that. I've uh, got my Nightcrawler outfit. It looks a little scandalous. I gotta, gotta try to make it a little bit better. Oh, I got my velour blue coat for Sebastian Shaw. Ooh. It's pretty fucking hot. I can't wait to wear it. So we're 80s X people for one. Uh, Mike, I forgot who you did. Cyclops, baby. Cyclops, baby. LT, how about you? Oh, I've got my multiple man t-shirt. Uh. You're the worst. <laughs> we got Emma Frost coming, and when we're bros, uh, Violet is also wearing uh, uh, what's her name as uh, the Archer from the show. And I and she told me that if I bring a uh, a coin-operated horse, she will let me tie her to it and just drag around the entire con. I yeah, am actually, like I am actually thinking about seeing how I, I got a couple bucks. <laughs> I got a couple bucks. I'm not afraid. You're not even afraid you'll chip in for this one? I fucking A, well. I fucking A, you will. How long would it take? It'll take a while, but... We'll see some action, I think. If we find one made by Simeon, well, it'll take less time. Yeah. We'll I'll just rig this out our own way. Yeah, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Two by four, three by four, whatever it takes. Right, five by six, I don't care. I'm afraid. Not care, we are not afraid. Uh, what are you guys looking for? Anything else to plug, guys? I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things, such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses. You name it, they got it. Geekorthodox.com. And of course... I'd like to promote... Oh, go ahead. No, after you, sir. Oh, I got a new one. Oh. Welcome to my name. I'd like to welcome Great Stories Comics and Gaming, Comics and Games, uh, to Whitensville, aka Northbridge, Massachusetts. I finally have a local comic shop. They just moved in two weeks ago. They don't even have a sign on the wall yet. Uh, it's been great. Uh, the guy has asked me to come in and DM some games and maybe do some uh, longsword stuff. Super excited to have something in the neighborhood to go to and actually see people in person, which is pretty strange these days. Yeah. Uh, so, great comics. Uh, Chris Mills, uh, owner and operator, welcome to the neighborhood, man. I appreciate it. 
We should also thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. Yeah. We love you guys. We, we certainly do. And uh, we'll see uh, everyone else at Pentagon soon. And uh, Tommy, what's this, uh, what do you get for our last word there, Tommy? If you haven't gotten a shot, what are you waiting for? Give it a shot. Give it a shot. And if you're going to Pentagon, do shots with the long box, guys. Shot. The shot center. Josh, is that your? Uh, is that your? Uh, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fucking neighborhood. It's gonna be my. It's not gonna be just my neighborhood. And Mikey, uh, what's the uh, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. And what do you always say, Tom? I always say, don't do what you hate. Just promote what you love. You'll live longer. Thank you for the love, guys. <laughs>